Thank you for listening in right now. Glad to have you here. My name is Nyla, and this is Greener Thoughts. I help you understand the environment today so you can experience a greener life. Let's connect online. You can reach Greener Thoughts by voice message. The anchor.fm link is in each episode's show notes. You can do so via the Anchor app or by email at greenerthoughtspodcast at gmail.com. everyone thank you for joining me um there aren't any environmental uh, announcements aside from the one uh, environmental holiday so that one is world population day and it occurs annually on july the 11th next up is headlines from the hemispheres as you know it's the amazing segment where we talk about headlines from all across the globe So this first one is pretty interesting because it happens to do with France and air pollution regulations and some fines. So French government threatened with fines by top court over air pollution. I checked it out on Reuters.com and again this story comes out of France. And it happens to do with the French government, it's going to be fined an excessive amount of money, about 10 million euros, which is about 11 million point three million dollars in our currency every six months. So that could be up to, you know, twice a year, all because it's not doing enough to reduce its air pollution um, in line with some laws um, that the the country's highest administrative court, the Council of State, uh, set in place. And this was also after uh, many complaints and some time Um, from environmental organizations saying that France should do more to uh, clean up their air. And the council, it had ordered uh, the French government to take action in July 2017, which, you know, was a bit of time ago, uh, just to, you know, let them know they have to reduce their their carbon dioxide and particulate matter pollution. And they also had to be in compliance with an older directive from the European Union back in 2008 uh, that was also made uh, directly into uh, French law. Second is a headline from out in Australia about carbon pricing. World's largest study shows carbon pricing reduces emissions. And I checked this out uh, also on uh, Scientific American via Insider uh, Climate News. And so this was out of Australia and it happens to do with uh, carbon pricing and how there's strong evidence to suggest that with carbon pricing, it does a great number to reduce uh, overall emissions. Now, the study observed a, no- a number of countries, about 142, and they had uh, begun looking at data from the beginning of when carbon pricing began all the way in the 1990s. And then amongst the countries that were observed in their data, 
43 of those 142 countries had some type of carbon pricing uh, that was done uh, by the end of the study period. So it was a lot of data that they looked at and there were um, average annual growth rates of the carbon dioxide emissions that were from uh, carbon fuel combustion from those countries. They differed a bit um, versus the carbon prices uh, from countries um, that you know didn't have um, carbon prices. So that differed by about two percentage points. And that research, you can look more into it. It was published in the journal Environmental and Resource Economics. Now, lastly, is the research from out of Europe and has to do with heat stress. Heat stress, the climate is putting European forests under sustained pressure. And I checked this out on ScienceDaily.com, one of my favorite sites, as you all know. I talk about it a lot. And so uh, when it comes to this headline, it happens to do with Switzerland, and they were partaking in an international study from all over, but it was mainly directed at the University of Brazil. So there was um, uh, comparison data being done out of um, places like Germany, Austria, Switzerland, and they noticed that 2018 was the uh, warmest year for them. And so they did an analysis, a comprehensive one, of the consequences of things like drought and heat uh, events and how they were showing up in Central European forests, uh, places that had sustained long-term damage. And they affected species that were considered good, were considered um, impeccable and drought-resistant, those such as beech, pine, and silver fir. And the goal of the analysis was to better understand how and when trees are affected by a lack of water in order to counter the consequences of things like climate change. I love uh, that I've gotten to discuss with you and kind of have a broad reach when it comes to discussing different animals and how they are being uh, hurt, how their habitats are being destroyed, and what ails them um, from an environmental standpoint. And I want to continue that with uh, talking about one of the animals that have gotten a lot of attention, especially in the past year. Um, they're a beloved animal of Australia and anyone from down under, and they've um, gotten a lot of representation in, in some ways, but um, not a lot of people know about, you know, some of the ins and outs of koalas. And I figured um, to learn about them, you know, them being kind of vulnerable, um, even now, even though the um, bushfires that, you know, have, you know, had gotten out of hand, um, and, and those took place, you know, late 2019 and also into 2020 that, uh, we could, we could, we could learn a little bit about them and, uh, have more of these episodes where we discuss animals, 
um, and, and what we can do to help them. So we're going to talk about the issues surrounding koalas, uh, maybe some facts you wouldn't have known before, and then plenty of ways a little bit later in the program about how to, you know, help them. You know, whether that means giving money, supporting organizations that can be there to support the koalas, um, and restoring them to a point where they're no longer um, in a bad position. So we're going to start off with protecting the marsupial, which in this case would be particularly the koalas. So koalas are endemic to Australia, which means that they are there and that's the only place that you'll be able to see koalas in their their native space. Uh, Australia is an amazing place. They were once home to millions of koalas, but the Australian Koala Foundation says the koalas are now functionally extinct. So there have been uh, group estimates that say there are no more than about 80,000 left in the wild in Australia. Now regarding their um, rating on different species lists, several different organizations throughout time have uh, measured their numbers and their vulnerability or um, the the rate of maybe going extinct, just how they fare um, in comparison to other animals. So it's been on the list for a number of years, and I'll start from um, the 2020 list down to the 2000 list, so you can see how it's 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 gotten a bit different, and you'll see it, it stayed mainly vulnerable, but it changed from being in a threatened uh, listing all the way back in 2000. So the International Union of Conservation of Nature, IUCN, its red list of endangered species, it actually lists koalas as being vulnerable as of 2020. And then back some years in uh, 2020, the koala was listed as vulnerable in Queensland, New South Wales, uh, and the Australian uh, Capital uh, Territory. Uh, Then uh, 12 years uh, preceding that, before that, uh, the koala was listed as threatened under here in the U.S. under the U.S. Endangered Species Act by the U.S. uh, Fish and Wildlife Service. So it's changed throughout time. Before, back in 2000, it was threatened. And then 12 years later, it was uh, listed as vulnerable. And now currently um, in 2020, it's still vulnerable. So let's jump to the modern threats against koalas. What is uh, facing them? How are they uh, dying? How are they, um, you know, trying to uh, maintain um, their habitats and homes? How are they faring? We want to learn, okay, how are koalas, you know, in the wild? What do they suffer with? Well, you'd be surprised at some of the things they suffer with, especially uh, um, the the ones that happen to do with disease. It's it's very unusual um, when it comes to koalas, that particular thing. Uh, but the first thing, the first threat that they come in contact with is habitat loss. Now, this is, is similar to that of elephants too, but with this, um, it happens to do more so with agricultural, just like with elephants um, and housing and things of that uh, nature. But koalas also suffer things in addition to agriculture and housing needs, um, you know, from us people that, uh, you know, decimates the trees, um, the the life uh, for koalas. Roads and uh, mining projects also do the same. 
Now, according to World Wildlife Australia, when koalas lose their habitats, they, they come out of their trees and, and, and have to scrounge to the ground to you know move to another location. And that makes them vulnerable to uh, predators we would not even you know think of uh, them being attacked by, things like dogs and, and cats and hit by vehicles because you know those roads that uh, make their way uh, you know through the homes of the, the trees that koalas live in, they're getting hit ironically by those same cars. And so they're, they're wandering by the road and they face things like competition for food and, and territory uh, as their habitat you know, gets smaller and smaller. So they're really facing it on all different fronts here. Number two are bushfires. Now, bushfires, as we've discovered in you know late October 2019, they ravaged uh, uh, Australia in the eastern parts and western parts. They were horrific, and they you know were burning for many many months. And by the time that they were contained in February 2020, the fires destroyed more than 2,400 homes and about 13.3 million acres or 5.4 million hectares in New South Wales alone. Now, the International Fund for Animal Welfare Support, uh, it estimated that 6,382 koalas were killed uh, across New South Wales during uh, those wildfires. And that may not seem like a lot, but that's 15% of the current population as far as conservative estimates by researchers. So they suffered a lot. They suffered through burns and smoke inhalation, uh, starvation because the burning of their food, which is the leaf, which are the leaves of eucalyptus uh, trees, and dehydration. Number three, this is where uh, it, it was shocking to learn a bit uh, about the 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 diseases and the ailments that can directly affect the health of koalas. Uh, so just. Um, you know, be alerted of this. This was shocking because I never knew that animals like koalas or probably any other animals could have the same diseases um, unique um, in that way to them and also us humans. So koalas, they're being um, really affected by chlamydia. In fact, the bacterial infection it's transmitted between adults, adult koalas, um, but it's spread also, unfortunately, um, through mother and baby contact. So babies are known as joeys. Um, that's a, a universal term for um, babies of marsupials. And so uh, when the koalas, you know, get um, chlamydia and they happen to be uh, mothers and they're, you're feeding their, their babies, they're young, they're passing on the chlamydia um, and it's affecting them. And it leads to several horrible um, uh, symptoms and other um, afflictions later down the line. Things like blindness and pneumonia, you know, um, having horrible urinary tract infections, infertility, uh, amongst other things. And, you know, some of their symptoms that the koalas have are sore eyes and have chest problems and they get a dirty uh, tail area. And these are just according to the Australian Koala Foundation because they learn a, a, bit, a bit more about uh, these koalas and what they're experiencing. And it really can affect um, or infect uh, whole populations of where the koalas are. 
And um, in addition to suffering chlamydia, koalas also get taken down by skin cancer and leukemia. These things also uh, affect humans. And then also lastly is the fourth uh, threat, which is the climate crisis. Now this affects them primarily because their food source is threatened the most. Um, rising CO2 levels, they do a number on eucalyptus leaves, uh, which is the main source of koalas. Now, they, uh, they know that they, they must eat these, these leaves of the eucalyptus uh, trees, but they're not a nutrient-dense leaf. And so they, they eat this, but uh, eating this uh, essentially... It will cause uh, malnutrition and even starvation um, because it's such a poor uh, leaf. But you know they have to leave their trees um, uh, in better uh, in, in betterment of other leaves. So when um, when the trees get too much CO2, they end up uh, being more nutrient poor or nutrient deficient than normal eucalyptus tree leaves. So they have to end up going to another tree and hopefully it's not um, too packed with CO2 uh, so that you know they can, they can eat it and, and function. Um, so again, uh, with them trying to travel and find more um, uh, satiating uh, trees to eat there are better equipped to handle them that aren't too um, packed with uh, CO2 um, then um, they're, they're going to encounter things like predators that we mentioned like cars uh, like dogs cats or even vehicles on the road uh, on the destination to getting to another uh, safe eucalyptus tree I'm all about protecting our wildlife and koalas are no different. For my family and some of my close friends, they know that I love Australia. Whether it be the immense animal diversity, the raging temperatures and, you know, fiery um, sun, whether it be the aboriginals and their amazing, diverse, rich culture, to my didgeridoo that I have, and just to the the life and the uniqueness that is Australia. I love it. It's, it's like my favorite country, um, and it has been for a long time. And when I, I learned about the wildfires, I, I, I was so teary-eyed and appalled, and I was scared for Australia. I didn't know about all the, the different billions of animals that were affected because of the wildfires that were raging, and I couldn't understand why the uh the aid and the the fires weren't being put out fast enough and you know it took some time to understand that uh Australia is a is a huge country and those wildfires just would not stop like no matter what uh, it took some time of course for the fires to uh pull back but it took so many animals uh with them and and so many uh, injuries and 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 hospital visits and organizations and people's homes being ruined it was just devastating and uh to know that this happened um uh recently 
is 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 leaving me you know bewildered and so many other people and many uh, Australians are still reeling from the devastating bushfires you know this isn't a, a an occurrence that happens you know every day and they know that bushfires sure are bound to happen but to the extent that they happened at the time that they did and the cause of the bushfires it's 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 because of climate change but it's also made worse by people you know, for people who say climate change doesn't exist, that's not true. We humans are affecting where we live, where we eat, where we play, where we travel to. There's no place on the planet that's not impacted by our actions. And there are some people who, who aren't uh, uh, awoken to that fact. And they're, they're not believing uh, what's happening, sometimes in their own backyard. You know, they, they, they see the environmental degradation, de degradation. They see the, you know, rising, uh, you know, sea levels or areas of water where they live, the immense uh, frequency of hurricanes. They, they, they know that there's going to be, if, if nothing changes, more fish in the ocean by 2050 if we don't change our, our, our actions now. And, you know, to, to to know that there are actions that we can do now to protect our our spaces and the animals that share these spaces. We have to make do with what we have, but not but not be the ugly side of humans. There's a a recent video by Steve Cutts, um pretty sure, and it's called Man, and I think there's a man two point and in one of the videos he made, he's an amazing, um, I think, English um, uh, animator and illustrator. And he does amazing concept art and print work. But his main thing is animation. And they're, they're socially conscious, consumeristic driven um, animations and uh, social uh, animations. And one of them was about the forests. Um, that were being cut down and the companies that were polluting rivers and dropping aid from the sky to put in developing countries and uh, just the, the the piles of metal and cell phones and junk that we humans just dispose of because of consumer culture. Um, there were the burning of uh, nuclear plants and the the meltdowns of those said plants and the animals that had to run from their habitats because we humans were illustrating our, our bad side, our awful side, our almost, um, our, our in, in seemingly invincible side when, when that's not the case. Like some people may think that we are the apex predator as humans, but there are bigger, stronger animals out there. And if we didn't have guns, if we didn't, know how to protect ourselves, if we didn't learn how to how to do so, like man versus wild, etc., there would be other predators that would kill us outright. Lions, bears, tigers, um, etc. Snakes that are, you know, uh, venomous and they will, you know, kill with the, with the strike at your heel. Um, we as humans cannot take for granted the power of nature. We can't um, we have to reinforce and just, just remember that we humans as, as people were were we will not probably always be on the earth i know that for sure the 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 sun is going to bake and, and totally implode on itself 
Um, and, and that's years away. That's, that's billions of years away. You don't have to worry about it. But we uh, aren't alone on our planet. We can't um, treat it as though uh, it doesn't matter and, and that we're not impacting other life forms out, uh, out here. And that's one that I wanted to press upon. I know that there are uh, those who need help currently, even now, um, you know, struggling to rebuild. Uh, I know that um, in uh, disaster management um, and, you know, working in uh, crisis mode, people need time to rebuild and they need compassion, they need help, they need resources, they need uh, a lot of TLC and they need they need patience because it, it takes so much time to rebuild your life from scratch. When they didn't ask for their house to be burned down, they didn't ask for their pet to, to, to run away or to be killed in, in, the, in the bushfires. And they didn't ask for this to happen uh, to them because of climate change and because of uh, the, the patterns uh, in Australia. Because they know it gets hot, but to the extent that it got so hot that there were numerous fires that couldn't be put out for months that's an anomaly, and that, that shouldn't happen, and that doesn't normally happen. Um, so for all those in, you know, Australia, in neighboring New Zealand, um, you know, this podcast episode was for you. I really um, hope that I did you all justice, that I um, tried to, you know, press upon the issues in different ways that, you're seeing things, but also like having uh, your back because we at Greener Thoughts, me at Greener Thoughts, loves you, loves uh, my supporters and followers and listeners out, you know, in the land down under. And, you know, I, I couldn't um, wish more than to support you and to talk about this issue because it's really important. And uh, in a devastating time, I just wanted to, you know, have this podcast episode be a light, um, be be a focus on you, on an amazing animal that is near and dear to uh, Australia. Here in the Mother Earth Minutes, we're going to review some amazing uh, proactive things that we can all do in the next few minutes to combat the issue in the episode and to, as always, protect Mother Earth. Now, these uh, ways are pretty varied, and some of them differ, especially for those who are outside of Australia, which is probably going to be the majority of those who maybe click on and listen to the episode, unless you share it, of course. But there are a number of different things to save the koalas. Some of these are... um, ones that you can make general to other animals too, but mainly the focus is specific to koalas. So a number of these were um, sourced from TakeActionForWildlifeConservation.com and uh, some of these weren't. So I searched all over and then uh, created lists for some of the different um, ways to help the koalas. So generally speaking, uh, organizations, they do a number to help 
uh, koalas. They do land management projects, they do relocation for koalas, they do monitoring of numbers of koalas in a specific area or region, they combat and regulate threat management, and they do so much research. And in addition to that, there are breeding programs that are in Australia and elsewhere around the world that kind of help uh, foster better numbers for koalas. Uh, one of the first uh, ways that you can help the koalas is you can donate specifically to organizations like the World Wildlife Fund Australia directly um, so that the funds get to um, the Australian uh, World Wildlife uh, Organization there. Uh, next, you can, uh, for those who are in Australia, uh, you probably know that uh, politicians are a great way to uh, get to as far as you want legislation to be passed or enacted. And so something like uh, stopping the excess uh, tree clearing uh, it could be a goal for you or maybe another uh, thing that you can do uh, to help the koalas in their habitats. Um, you could adopt the koala virtually, which just means uh, enabling the care uh, up, uptick of uh, support, resources, anything for specific uh, koalas themselves, maybe helping them uh, get uh, adopted into a program, a conservation program, to make sure that they are uh, better secured until they can be uh, in their habitat space again. You could also uh, fundraise as part of a project or link with a, an organization that does um, a bit of fundraising and they know how to do it. If you are into fundraising, some people are, some people aren't. Uh, and then lastly, you can uh, purchase items uh, for or to help koalas through an organization like the Australian Koala Foundation. A side note, some organizations are either going to take uh, Australian uh, currency um, or you know dollars or you'll have to convert your monies to Australian dollars sometimes so it kind of varies which um, organization especially those out of Australia directly number two tip uh, and way to help the koalas is to become a member of a koala charity um, there are a few there's uh, koala hospital there's friends of the koala and there's um, bangalo koalas bangalo b-a-n-g-a-l-o-w a third way that you can help the koalas is to plant a tree now this is for those who are directly in and live in australia because um, these trees um, kind of help the koalas um, uh, become uh, places where they can uh, build uh, homes for themselves and, and live there. So there are trees specific for um, koalas' food, their shelter, their medicine, and at an organization like Save the Koala, you can actually plant a tree in honor of someone or you can do so for yourself. Now, number four is to support a forest, maybe build one or an acre for um, koalas or grow trees on uh, your property. Um, this is for those who live in Australia though. So there are um, different organizations, one of them being Save the Koala. They have information about the type of trees that you can plant that foster um, uh, 
the habitats for koalas. Um, there's friends of the koala, which you can learn about tree buying and where to actually buy these trees. And then koalas in care, which uh, can teach you how to uh, plant the trees and where to do so and where not to do so. Number five is uh, information about the World Wildlife uh, Australia organization that branched there. They have a number of different tips and some of them I, I think I already covered, but one of them uh, directly is for those who live in New South Wales or NSW to contact your politicians uh, in about ensuring the futures of koalas directly. Um, you could also support their conservation efforts by donating. You could join local environmental groups uh, for those who want to plant uh, koala food trees where you live. Um, for those who are also in Australia, you could drive slowly, you know, carefully at night because koalas are nocturnal. That's another thing that I learned. Um, so they, um, you know, as we learned, they do um, tend to go in the streets sometimes and again, again looking for another uh, place to, to get food and for shelter. And so you want to keep your speed limits um, at a regular minimum. You also want to carry your, your phone uh, on you and contact the local koala group, wildlife uh, rescue service, uh, if you happen to see koalas uh, out and about. And you know, for those who live in koala country, uh, it's advised, especially at night, to lock up your pets, like your dogs. Um, and, you know, koalas can climb fences and, and, and trees into yards, so you want to be mindful of that as well. And then uh, when it comes to hot weather and extremely um, uh, hot times um, where there's drought, uh, you want to be able to put some water out um, at the base of trees where you know there are going to be koalas there. Number six way to help the koalas uh, are to join the Australian Koala Foundation's uh, Koala Army. Now this is an international uh, way to help the koalas and I think it's pretty nifty and all you have to do is just insert your name, email, and where you're from and they'll be able to get in contact with you and their main goal is just to try and get the Koala Protection Act passed. And then lastly, number seven is to donate to organizations that were specifically affected uh, by the 2019-2020 bushfires. So these include many, but here's just a sample list. Uh, there's some like Australian Koala Foundation, Conservation Volunteers Australia, and also Wildcare Australia. I'm going to uh, leave the link to livingwithkoalas.com uh, .au, that site, and then you just go to Koala Charities, the link there, and also SaveTheKoala.com has an amazing uh, list of different ways to help the koalas. And again, I will put all these uh, different links and the organizations in the show notes so you can check them out. ethanol industry is hurting from the nationwide decline in driving, but is profiting from the increased demand for hand sanitizer. That fact was sourced from the Sierra Club Sierra Magazine in a July-August 2020 issue. 
you've arrived at the Eco Company Spotlight, which is where we cover and talk about some amazing eco brands and companies that have products and services that you may know about, may not know about, but that I love and I love sharing and talking about these and make sure that you know about this amazing uh, line of products that they may have or a service that you you know may not have thought of and I just learn a bit more about these brands. I do know uh, several things about them like where they're from, how long they've been around, their various products, other things, um, but I learn other things as well um, like their social media um, uh, and ways to contact them and just gives me more of a feel whenever I talk about a specific company. I always learn something a bit uh, more, especially after I've tried their products for some time. I've been doing a ton of different reviews since February 2019 and I cannot wait to share this one with you as well, especially those who are fans of cheese and snacks. This is the best of both worlds. So Parm Crisps is the next brand and Parm Crisps are just what they sound like. They're made from 100% cheese, they're oven baked in small, small batches and they're amazing because they have all natural spices and they are made from Parmesan uh, that's 100% aged and they are uh, have their cheese sourced uh, from the USA. So as far as uh, Parm Crisps, their products are great. They are gluten-free, they are keto-friendly, they are sugar-free, and some of the varieties, especially their new ones, are, plant, are plant-based and also 100% dairy-free for those who are a little bit conscious about that. They have tons of different products that they carry. Uh, they have their pouches, which come in a variety of flavors. They have four cheese. They have the variety packs, which come in 12 packs and a pack of six. They have the original flavor, jalapeno, sesame, pizza. They have a cheddar and also have sour cream and onion. They have the tubs, which come in different uh, flavors as well. Uh, a little bit hearty and rich, uh, rustic almost. They have their original, they have their everything. They have the Italian herb, uh, basil pesto, and also rosemary. And then they have their snacks, snack mixes, which are in their original multi-pack, their ranch multi-pack, their barbecue multi-pack, and also their snack mix variety pack. Now, I've tried a uh, just one flavor of their particular uh, snacks in their pouches, and I've had two of their bags, uh, and I didn't find any other um, different flavors while I was shopping at Whole Foods, so I just had that one, and I love jalapenos anyway, and so I bought it, and I love it. I love cheese. I'm a cheese lover. Um, I can't get enough uh, no matter what, and so... I do love cheese, and I love that these are different. I've I never heard of before Parm uh, uh, cheese snacks. I never heard of crisp. I never even heard of people baking and intentionally burning or uh, crisping up cheese to eat as a snack. I never heard of that before the year 2020. So the fact that I could buy these and know that these were, you know, uh, something different, uh, diverse, great for a cheese lover, uh, I, I felt like these were a great buy, really inexpensive, but great quality. I would eat another bag in a heartbeat. These are really niche, so if you love 
uh, niche snacks if you you know love something that's a bit keto friendly you want something to tie you through till maybe um, you know having your lunch or maybe a midnight snack this would be uh, the snack to get um, very uh, great on the calories uh, and again it's unique and it's it's not something that you're gonna see every day so if you see it uh, in the drugstore or in a grocery store I suggest you know picking up a few uh, pouches uh, I uh, definitely suggest um, getting them uh, when you can, uh, whether that be online or in stores some places. And when I bought mine from Whole Foods, I, um, I don't really live near Whole Foods. It's like 25-30 minutes um, away from me. So I would either buy it either on Amazon Smile or Walgreens or CVS, just like a, a, a drugstore. There's a few of those are near me. Uh, they're about 10-15 minutes or so. I would say that these are addictive, healthy, um, versatile because you can use these uh, in recipes because there, there are a few on the Parm Crisps website and I would eat it mainly for a snack to tie me over until lunch or you can eat these as a part of your lunch like maybe with some fruit, a sandwich and these can maybe replace chips you know, and maybe some you know, water or healthy juice. Uh, I would give these a 4.8 out of 5, mainly because of their packaging. Uh, it's not reusable or recyclable, and their their product, they don't have enough crisps in the bag. I wish that it was like 90-80% full. I don't know whether it's just a, a regular a chips product thing or just a snacks uh, industry a requirement but there aren't a lot of um, there are enough in there but if I want to snack or gorge myself I can't really do that unless I buy you know multiple pouches so parm chips or parm crisps I should say can be found in stores and online you can check them out at parm crisps P-A-R-M-C-R-I-S-P-S.com and you can go to find in stores which is at the bottom of the website they're on Amazon you can check them out at Bed Bath & Beyond uh, CVS, Food Lion, Giant, uh, Harris Teeter, Kroger, Lowe's, Publix, Rite Aid, ShopRite, uh, Safeway, Shoppers, Target, Whole Foods, Walgreens, and Wegmans. And you can probably try and find them also online in any of those stores. Um, but they aren't international, but some um, of the you know brands I just named, the companies, they are. So in any case, if you can't find them uh, in store, maybe they're online. Uh, or maybe like someplace, you know, like I mentioned, like uh, Amazon, and you can also contact them on the website to try and get their products in stores near you. Prime Crisps can be found on the following social media platforms of Facebook at Parm Crisps. They're on Instagram at Parm Crisps, all one word, all lowercase. They're uh, on uh, Twitter at Parm Crisps, and they're also on YouTube at Parm Crisps. Contact Parm Crisps, just go to their website, parmcrisps.com, and then go to contact at the bottom of the website to give them a call, send them an email, mail them directly, or send them a message online. All right, everyone. So again, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this uh, amazing, uh, you know, different 
uh, episode a bit uh, hard to swallow in some areas but it's the truth and there's a lot packed here uh, for those who are uh, lovers of koalas or native to um, Australia and you know born and bred out of Australia then I really hope that you enjoyed uh, this episode for your neighbors in New Zealand you can also of course you know uh, relish this and celebrate especially because you know Australia is not that far um, I learned a bit about koalas because uh, they're an amazing animal, cute animal, um, and they go through things. And I learned that uh, while uh, learning a bit more and diving into this uh, episode. You know, share it with somebody who, you know, loves cuddly creatures, loves animals, is from Australia. I have a few Australian friends, so I will definitely be sharing this with them. And hopefully I did them proud. Um, and I, I, I learned a lot about, um, just wildlife and the different organizations and the, the impact of the bushfires. It was, it was immense. And so, uh, I really hope that you can treasure this episode and share it and, and learn about koalas and, you know, dive deeper into the subject if you, uh, we're so moved and you really want to learn a bit more about koalas. I really hope that this gave you the spark um, to do so. So um, I really, uh, you know, press upon you to, um, you know, learn and, and check out more podcast episodes in the future. And, you know, can do a bit about, uh, you know, assisting the podcast and rating the podcast and sharing episodes that does wonders as well. And, you know, donating and all types of other things too. But uh, in any case, just thank you again for always tuning in and listening and sharing Green Thoughts podcast episodes. I really hope that you can uh, take care of yourselves as always. And as always, please take care of the planet. Until next time, you all be safe. Bye.